Hello, Annie Trenders! Welcome back to the Anime Trending Podcast, and thanks for waiting. Uh, we have a wonderful new episode for you today, and I am James, your main host, and joining me are the usual suspects. Hi, everyone. This is Gracie, hopping back and forth between the Girl Taco podcast and this podcast. And I'm Nico, and there's some pretty big news on the, uh, I guess, for me. I don't know if it's big news for you, but it should be, because uh, as of like 10 minutes ago before recording, I saw that uh, Netflix US has Monster on its catalog, all 74 episodes. So uh, you should definitely watch that. It's one of my favorite shows of all time. And I'm like, just kind of excited that you should take advantage of that before they crack down on the password situation. Have you guys yeah. seen that? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you have a whole t- month ish. Is, is that what it is? Like, like, it's a, it's March. I don't was, know. But a- I'm gonna be honest with y'all. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like- <laughs> I, I am unaffected by this because I have never had a Netflix account. And I've never bothered to f- steal somebody else's. Well, I I don't actually care as much about the Netflix account per se because I also don't like have one but I'm just like the whole like rules thing is ridiculous no matter what so yeah it sounds like almost unenforceable in current year because like from what I saw in the skimmed articles it was like something about uh like the challenge is basically tracking like which devices are using the password and whether or not that's like belongs to the same individual or if it's getting shared. And if you have a Netflix account on, let's say you use it on your mobile device or your uh, home television, and then you are traveling, then I don't really see how it's able to make that distinction. Even for just someone who's like not password sharing. Yeah. If you're that, that'd be pretty messed up. Like if I had a Netflix account, and then let's say I go to Chicago for Animation Central and decide to unwind by watching some stuff on my tablet just for Netflix to be like, no, you're not where you're originally from. This is a password uh, so, share. Like, like, I don't know yeah. how it's able to That really is the thing that just gets me. I, also, someone else, you know, in our group noted, like, what if they move? <laughs> you know, they're going to be in a different location. <laughs> Better have you another give credit your card and a new email is all they're, they're saying. Um, and that- entering wi- entering federal witness protection just so I can move to get a different Netflix account. <laughs> well, also another thing I just thought of now: there are some people's jobs who just travel like every other week. What about them? <laughs> you mean like our boss? <laughs> yeah, yeah like our I, boss. I, I, <laughs> uh, yeah, I have no idea how they're going to enforce this. Um, I'm kind of cautious about it because it just sounds like a really bad idea, just from like a business perspective because there's a subset of customers who are probably just going to quit once they're like kind of given that push and like oh yeah Netflix's like thing is that you don't want to remind people that you're paying for Netflix every month um yeah because at that point like you then are making like a an actual conscious decision to consume whichever um streaming service you want whether that's like hulu or disney plus or stuff like disney plus and hulu like also make their money by just kind of passively having their that income without having to kind of like squeeze more uh subscribers on it because their bet right now within netflix is that the people who were locked out of password sharing are gonna be paying customers at that point like i don't think that's gonna translate one to one or even like a quarter if, if if let's say even like one in four people decide oh 
Yeah, I was stealing. Now I guess I'm going I gotta to, get my own account. Guess I gotta now, get my own yeah. account. I feel like they're just not going to pay for it because, like, I, this is just my own personal anecdote. But like, I'm not, I'm not gonna pay for it if I get locked out of my account. No, absolutely um, not. And I have like two different accounts I work with. Like, I know my parents had some that I know I definitely mooched on at some point, but for some strange reason, I have access to like a God account because of a friend of a friend uh, ended up sitting next to uh like a netflix executive on an airplane and i guess had such a cool conversation that that person was just like you know you're cool i'm gonna set up this account for you on your net oh my god that's incredibly based (laughs) yeah so like they have that sounds like how i know some people that you know before crunchyroll like ate everything just had like lifetime crunchyroll memberships it's just like yep nope this is yours forever yeah, I'm curious how that account's going to go. I would laugh if that one actually gets deactivated. I'll, I'll kind of cry a little bit because that, that's been just like a really, really nice benefit. And that's a uh, special a... moment, I feel. <laughs> and they're going to take, I really hope they don't take that away from them. And most importantly, me, because I'm also benefiting from that same account. I see. Um, but, uh, so that that's kind of my hypocritical sense of like, yeah, it's a bad idea. But also like I wasn't really paying in the first place. Uh, so maybe I'm just more willing to just not pay for Netflix anyways. Yeah. Oh man, I wasn't paying for it before, but now I'm really not going to pay for it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. The actual fun fact is like, I think the time where I had to pay for Netflix was when I had to do screenings for anime trending on Netflix shows that were coming out because oh yeah so we we would get access to screener accounts that would basically have a lot of the episodes before the launch day so that we we could review them um but we still have to pay for those it's just like you have to use the email to give like that you have to have a netflix account. account and then netflix blesses your account with the access yes so it wasn't a free screener account i had to actually pay for that tier but it was like oh i got to prepare for the interviews for like Castlevania and stuff before it dropped, but also that that was also kind of weird. Being like, ah, oh, shoot, I don't want to say that I'm I'm not paying for this anyways, even yeah. though everything I've been doing was like in that technical, technically legal sphere. Because I, I don't want to be the one to advocate piracy. I just think like pe- some people are 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 the first ones to just like uh, jump upon the ship on the Grand Line right now. Yeah. So real quick, and this is this is for perhaps the edification of our listeners, describe Monster, because I, I started watching it with you at the same time, and then you finished it, and I didn't, because I'm a bad anime fan. Uh, but it's also not exactly a brand spanking new show. So for people who might be unfamiliar, can you give them a quick rundown? Yeah, so Monster is basically the story of a man named Dr. Tenma. I forgot his first, Tenjo, Tenjo Tenma, I think, um, where he is a world-class surgeon. Um, and he always wants to help his patients. He's just a very optimistic guy, always strives to do no harm, tries to heal people. And one day he is basically faced with the dilemma where he needs to operate on, um, essentially like an exe- a hospital executive person, like someone who's friends with the hospital, like a high class donor over, somebody who was poor and needed that surgery so that that whole bit had basically haunts him because essentially the lesser doctor ends up operating on this guy and that ends up dying as a result of this action and it kind of shatters his worldview thinking that realizing that like human beings are not equal 
it's just based on the fact that like the rich had more preferential treatment in this case. So he is then presented with that same situation where it's a small child who also has essentially a huge brain injury uh, from a from a gunshot wound and also has to make a choice between somebody else. And he just says, you know what, I'm going to save this child's life because I'm the only person in the world right now that can. Except it turns out that the child he saves is a psychopathic murderer that is now unleashed as a serial killer across all of Germany. So now he has to kind of like fix his mistake by going out and trying to kill this guy. Um, Johan. Yeah. So it, it's basically a story that takes place over multiple years, um, has a lot of characters um, that come and go, um, that I find such an interesting, dark look at the human condition um, that I, I just love a lot of the characters going into it. And it's just a really, really um, enthralling uh, show. Yeah. And I remember watching uh, a demo video uh, where he talked about it a little bit. Uh, about uh, about monster and how it was kind of a, a an adapt a kind of based on a country doctor, which is a short story by Franz Kafka, mm-hmm. which kind of tells you all you really need to know. <laughs> and why is that? Franz Kafka is a Kafka's the guy that wrote Metamorphosis, where the guy turns into a bug. Oh, oh, that guy, that guy needed help. <laughs> yeah, no, Kafka's oh. Kafka Kafka writes those kind of stories where it's like. Oh, you're gonna, you're not gonna be able to fall asleep because if you do fall asleep, you're gonna have nightmares about this. Not in the kind of like jump scare nightmares, but the kind of nightmare of like, oh God, what if I was in that situation? Makes you, makes you think. I remember reading Metamorphosis in high school and feeling so sad. Your high school at the end (laughs) because I was like, no, someone needs to help. Nah, Gregor. Gregor's a bug now. No, I'm I, I, like, like a bug. I felt terrible, and like when he died after he realized like the only person who did still love him, his sister, had also abandoned him, and I was just like, no, <laughs> I was so upset. I just wanted to save him so badly. So <laughs> anyway, that's, yes, that's pretty uh, sad. I'm gonna leave a light on just in case. The bug Mothman. Uh, the bug man. Yeah. Moth- <laughs> Mothman. <laughs> new, new, new Mothman. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it's actually kind of funny because like from a hero protag point of view, I mean, it's very muddled because it's like at one on one case, like Tenma is kind of in that spot where he's like going to lose his humanity, trying to like do this deed. And like Johan is trying to like push people into like being at their absolute lowest, but is also kind of like a pitiable creature like it, 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 i think the the thing that really makes it is there's there's a uh that makes you kind of pity johan is there's a, a scene in the show like towards the beginning where you see graffiti and it's written in german but it says help there's a monster inside me which means that it's the like kind of you know two-faced version of like oh there's there there's evil johan and then there's there's like still like little boy johan yeah, because I mean, at its core, it's like Johan's entire life philosophy is like basically nihilism, like the idea of that like nothing matters, but so that's why he can do whatever he wants as like an empowering thing. But it's kind of as a way to get a grip back, given his his life circumstances that the, the show goes into. Because keep in mind, it's a seventy four episode show. There's and they're a not lot they're of not like twenty four minute episodes too. They're long episodes. They're really they're like long long episodes. Um, very great arcs. 
Um, I find that like the pacing is so nice that it, it like even though some arcs might be considered filler, I think in the context of the full story, it is a very completed puzzle piece um, for those spots. Like it all fits into like kind of seeing the overall overall um, conflict. So if you have 74 episodes, you could watch two a day until probably sometime in March where they clamp down on that. So if you're sharing no, accounts, see, see, you got to go fast. You got to watch two a day on weekdays and then weekends are just marathon monster sessions. That sounds like the best weekend ever, every day. That's, that's pretty rad, actually. I might, if it weren't for the fact that the pre-releases this weekend, I probably would do that. Oh, yeah. All right. Anyways, that's anyway. my happy news good news everyone all right so now on to more modern things by which i mean Can we the chart talk check. about sad news in that so, case with the chart check because i am very sad with the placement of one anime so yeah i'll get how about i read them and then we can yes, talk please. about how we feel yeah. in 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 terms of poker we'll read them and weep um this is week three this is was published on january 29th 2023 uh, and so let's get right into it. In first place, we have The Magical Revolution of the Reincarnated Princess and the Genius Young Lady. In second place, we have The Angel Next Door Spoils Me Rotten. In third place, we have Tomo-chan is a Girl. In fourth place, we have Vindland Saga Season 2. In fifth place, we have Buddy Daddies. In sixth place, we have Kubo Won't Let Me Be Invisible. In 7th place, the 2nd core 7th, we have The Eminence in Shadow. In the new season 7th place, I, I need to come up with better terms for these. Um, we have Near Automata version 1.1a. In 8th place um, of a 2nd core show, we have Blue Lock. Uh, in 8th place for new shows, we have Bofuri, I Don't Want to Get Hurt So I'll Max Out My Defense Season 2. In ninth place, we have Bungo Stray Dog Season 4. In 10th place, as a second core anime, we have My Hero Academia Season 6. And in 10th place for new shows, we have The Ice Guy and His Cool Female Colleague. All right, Gracie, what has made you so that sad? Vinland Saga is fourth, and in particular, the... Um, Two and three are anime that I do not think deserve their spots at all, especially above Vinland Saga. <laughs> I have been soaking. Yeah, I'm, I'm inclined I to I have been agree. soaking about it all week. You know, the director of Vinland Saga was very magnanimous. He actually, quote, retweeted our charts and, like, made a joke, essentially, and said that, um, you know, Torfin's surrounded by lovely girls and then he's getting his ears cut off. So, um, so he made like a wonderful tweet and joke. And meanwhile, I have been seething ever since that chart came out. I have been so upset that two and three are above Vinland Saga. Like I can't even with it. And to be completely honest, I do actually think it's better than Magi Rebel, which is the sh way, way, way shortened version nickname of the magical revolution of the reincarnated princess and the genius young lady. Uh, simply just from a filmmaking standpoint, I'm like Vinland Saga still is a lot better than than that one. Even though that one I actually enjoy watching in more than a casual way. But the other two are very just casual ones that I'm just like, I I like no, 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 no. <laughs> so 
Um, that is why I have been sad and salty and sinking into the Dead Sea. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can't sink into the Dead Sea. Well, that's what I'm saying is I'm so salty I am sinking into the Dead Sea. Oh, you have She's sinking. Oh. Right, you've made yourself denser than one of the densest ocean or densest water bodies on the planet. There we go. But doesn't that mean like if you're Wait, so you're keeping the salt inside. Yeah, so Gracie has increased your salt level. If you're crying level, and the salt comes out, then your salt level drops, so then float. you can float. But, so it's like you're taking all the salt in, but you're not... She's holding it in. You're not releasing it. I keep so generating like it. Salt, yeah, she's, uh, I, the, she's becoming salty. Yeah, that's the yeah. real oh, problem. Yeah, I keep yeah. generating it. The more I get it out and complain to others, the more it generates inside. <laughs> Yeah, the more she vents about it, the more she has to think about it, which just makes her more upset, so she needs to vent about it, but it means she has to think about it. Exactly! See, James gets me! (laughs) I I think it's not helped (laughs) by the fact that literally this week's episode of Inland Saga, so not this week's chart that we're talking about right now, but next week's chart is probably one of the most beautiful episodes I have genuinely ever seen. It was just so, so gorgeous in its direction and just everything about it i i like tweeted about from girl taku i was like i know this is a personal opinion but i genuinely think that this week's vinland sagas episode was objectively perfect like it was just absolutely- i cannot wait for it to slide to fifth place and hear you complain no about see it that's the thing i i even was messaging agnes agnes had to unfortunately be the one who <laughs> um suffered through my my <laughs> one of my rants but then i wrote to i wrote to her i was like i swear to god if vinland saga doesn't climb back up i might hurt someone <laughs> <laughs> I am just that that's hella funny just because like it, if it were to drop and then Buddy Daddies takes its spot, you you've also talked to Agnes how both of the characters in Buddy Daddies, the two daddies, um, are both just you and Agnes's personality. <laughs> yes, that's well, I mean it's more like the chemistry between them is basically me and Agnes, so <laughs> just the dynamic. <laughs> so Iconic. so I was happy that Buddy Daddies is going up, but it's not as good as Vinland Saga. I love Buddy Daddies. I really, really do. I think it's actually genuinely really great, but it is not Vinland Saga. My God, Vinland Saga is so good. And it upsets me to see it like falling and I, I will start a war at this point. So. Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I I I'm still ex- sure. I'm, sure I'm you still are. sinking into the Dead Sea, but I I need to learn to let things go. So today's episode of Sudane kind of helped me rewind a little, but then I just saw the chart again. And now it's made me upset again. So I just I just need to have. I really I just need to wait until Sunday. I won't know peace until Sunday. So. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> I realized that, that that line of doesn't make any sense to anybody that doesn't watch Monster Truck stuff, and I don't watch very much Monster Truck stuff, but I think I feel like monster trucking is a very American thing. So apologies to those of you that uh, are not in the States, mostly because we talked about monster at the beginning, and now I'm talking about monster trucks. Uh, yeah, because that's that's totally the same yeah. thing. I'll 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 watch monster in my monster truck while drinking a monster. It's it's just that easy. Anyway, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm I, don't, I don't know how to go from not there. diverting into random paths. Is there anything outside the top five that you wanted to mention? Outside I mean, the top like, five, I feel like the other ones are like kind of okay. It's it's weird because outside top five, you have like 
Kubo won't let me be invisible is, is stagnant at number six, and then everything else has dropped like multiple spots. Like everything in the top six and beyond dropped like two spots each, like near uh Bofuri, Bungo. No, Bofuri re entered. And... They were they were in uh Oh yeah, they went they were in fourteenth last week, I think. Oh, okay. So Bofuri's the one that actually jumped, but then yeah, Bungo and then Ice Ice Guy dropped a little Ice bit. Ice Guy dropped one uh, Hirooka season six dropped four places for being one of the second core shows, which I think. Question: So, so Gracie, since you've watched all the shows, so I see that the other one that's just outside of top ten at number eleven jumped up six spots Onimai. from numbers. Onimai, now I am your sister. How is this different from the one where the guy was dating the girl that becomes his stepsister? Is this like the same uh... kind of premise? I they didn't know. Could, I, no, it's actually a body switch or a gender flip. It's oh, it's a uh, it's a Freaky oh, Friday. Yeah. yeah, it's a Freaky Friday. Oh, okay. No, for some I reason, didn't. I didn't. I was like, why is so? It I'm actually like, not watching that so show much, because like... I love myself too much to actually get myself killed. Actually, I I. I, I told okay, thank God. I, I told oh, someone God, online one of our followers because I was like I was like I need to draw I'm like <laughs> anime we need to talk I need to set boundaries and stuff and they're like yeah I'm watching so much like more than ten <laughs> <laughs> thank you I I was I was setting you up but I was like please don't actually no tell no that I'm not this. watching I it really I actually sad. had it originally okay. on my watch list because I heard like I like apparently the sakuga is like insanely good but then. Um, my best friend Shauna told me, like, don't watch it and stuff. She's like, you already have too much on your plate. And I was like, I will, I will listen to her begrudgingly, but I will listen to her. So um, it's kind of confusing because uh, apparently anime feminists hates that anime. And they said it's extraordinarily insulting, but a frog coon really mm-hmm. likes yeah. it. So there's like some extremes going on with that particular anime. <laughs> We love ourselves a polarizing show. What I'm hearing from this conversation is that I need to watch Oni Mai and I'm now your sister. <laughs> and then you can decide, yes. God, no. <laughs> That is like the worst lesson you could have got out of that. I will oh watch gosh. that instead of finishing Monster. You should at least watch Trigun Stampede and like get cultured that like, you know, sometimes 3D animation's pretty good. Like, oh, we will have people we'll, like don't take don't take one of the things I'm going to talk about in a future episode from me. We'll talk about Trigun Stampede, don't worry. All right. So, I was going to use our chart check here as a jumping off point to get into our main topic because thanks to some recent news, some shows that are in the top 10 and correct me if I'm wrong, Gracie, on how our policies work won't be eligible soon because delays. Yes, that is correct. Excellent. So there's um kind of two big uh, for this season that I'm aware of. There's one which is, um I believe it's episode six uh, of Kubo Won't Let Me Be Invisible is being delayed for, uh last I checked, uh, shrug amount of time. We don't really know when it's going to Actually, until run. the next season. They've already said six th- and onwards. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, so wow. until until wow, spring. Wow, that's insane. Um, and then there's another batch of shows which are generally called the the Aniplex shows, which is Ayakashi Triangle, Near uh, Automata Version One Point One A, and Unite Up. So those three shows are also delayed, and so this delays for, have... for those. Do they have any like any return date on that, or is it still just like? We don't there know. There isn't uh, a return date for those, I think, based on my memory, actually. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's insane. That's like that's like crazy how much breakdown we have here. Well, it's it, it's funny that we we finally decided to talk about delays because we wanted to talk about something that wasn't just like shows in particular, but this has been a recurring issue for the past several years of of things getting delayed. Uh, as I was doing some research for this, I found a Reddit mega thread back in 2020 that's just like every every show that was delayed due to COVID-19 uh, complications. Uh, oh, God, it's so long. There's so many of them, um, as well as like films and shows and some miscellaneous stuff, some one of uh, kind of special uh, special animations like um, there was supposed to be a fate strange fake broadcast that was supposed to happen at new year's that oh, got delayed hurts. uh when please I know. I know that's that's one that i'm waiting i'm waiting on that waited, one yeah because i know there's also there, there is an anime adaptation for which on the holy night as well that i i i don't know if it's also delayed if it's just part of this part of aniplex i um, believe so because aniplex does like all the fate adaptations and so i believe which on the holy night would fall under that as well and because Antiplex of America published the English version of Witch on the Holy Night. Anyway, so yeah, big big delays. And so I want to get kind of your opinions on on this, you know, uh, as well as kind of discuss kind of the reasons why things are delayed. And there's there's multiple factors, and, and I'd like to kind of get into that as we kind of encounter each of them. So, Gracie, you're watching the most shows. Are these delays impacting anything that you're watching? Shockingly, no. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> I, I know the percentage was slim, and yet it went into that percentage. <laughs> Gracie out here dodging bullets like she's in the Matrix. <laughs> I, I genuinely was shocked that despite all the delays, none of them have impacted my watch list. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. Nick, how about you? <laughs> Um, I was following Near Automata because that's the thing is like I love the game and then I was just trying to see like at what point is it differentiating itself from just a just a game adaptation um, and I feel like at the the spot in the show at the halfway point there's still so much ground it, need, it needs to cover that I I don't actually know how this production is gonna either survive um, like even the same amount of quality. I mean, I mean, the quality was okay overall, but I, I don't know how much of that was also just impacted by the same conditions that led to the delay in the first place. Yeah. So, all right. Well, uh, there's an excellent Answer Man column uh, that a that put out uh, that I really enjoyed reading. Um, that basically... So, you know, these announcements get made that there's going to be a delay, and usually there's some, like, reason behind the delay that accompanies the announcement. Most of the time, they keep it pretty vague, and I can understand why they're keeping it vague, because you don't want more scrutiny on, on why something is getting delayed when it shouldn't be. But at the same time, being vague often leads to complications, or being, you know, blaming it on something that might not be worth, it might you know, might be scapegoating kind of a reason. So... The, the COVID-19 virus was kind of cited as the reason for the delays, and some folks, especially in the Western world, considering the kind of events that we're having and the things that we're doing, uh, I don't want, COVID's not over, but a lot of us are acting like it. Like, the World Cup happened a couple months ago. People, you know, people traveling from all over the world to hang out right next to each other unmasked. Yeah, yeah, overall mask usage is low. People have kind of, like, moved on with their day. It's like... You get sick, the main thing you check is, is it COVID or 
um, as my father called the his personal word of the year was quote a non-COVID illness, which has been kind of like the the standard thing to write, be like, I am out of office today because I am sick with a non-COVID illness. Because that that's all everyone everyone's concern level at that point is if Yeah, if you're you sick, sick, did you get me sick because we had lunch two days ago or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and and if that's it, then I think that's that's all the level of concern at this point. And then it kind of just moves on as okay, this is this is an acceptable risk for people who have been who've done whatever measures they've had to make themselves feel safe. Yeah. So the the answer man column, uh, fantastic. Everybody should read it. I'll put a link in the uh, in the podcast description here. But it revealed something, or it, it kind of gave me an explanation that once I got new information that was kind of obvious, I just wasn't thinking about it. It just kind of all clicked into place, which is, and I must uh, excuse myself to begin with. I am no expert on Chinese COVID policy, but my understanding of it is it kind of sucks, <laughs> um, and. So COVID is still like a big problem and it's compounded by the fact that a lot of in-between animations are getting outsourced outside of Japan. I think if you follow a lot of anime news, you're kind of familiar with the fact that a lot of animation for Japanese anime isn't really being made in Japan anymore. There's a lot of Chinese animators and Korean animators and other um, animators from Southeast Asia. And so a lot of what gets done in Japan is mostly like designs and key keyframes and, uh, other stuff like that. But a lot of the in-between the, you know, the, the boots on the ground kind of grunt work is, is done outside of Japan. And so there's a bunch of studios in China that get given outsourced in-between work that now have to shut down because of COVID outbreaks. And so, you know, when that kind of, when that was explained to me in the column, I was like, oh, that, that makes sense. Dang. I totally forgot that that COVID is still like a big thing because my brain is is not all there right now. So I'd like I'd like to hear what you two think about it. Yeah, I think I think the key thing like is what you hit the nail on the head at the beginning is I think we're not aware of as consumers of just like the global supply chain that needs to be in place for an anime to be produced. I think some people are aware of like, this is how a production committee works uh, within Japan of like, these are all these different studios that are kind of pooled together to do this. Um, but there is a lot of things that I think, like you said, with the line work, all the shading, all the things that like could be outsourced uh, can be for cheaper places, especially like, cause I don't think it's even like a hundred percent outsourced to China. I know that there's some studios that have used, um, uh south korean animators or even um in vietnam i think has um there's a lot of credits uh, for studios based there as well in some shows but it, it must just be because of anaplex's own um because anaplex is such a big conglomerate they must they have like the bigger like supply chain of like all of their own shows kind of go through the similar um route to get um what they need for that point mm-hmm Gracie, any thoughts? Um, oh, sorry, Nick, are you still? Yeah, no, that, that that's it. I mean, that's the main thing. I mean, we could talk about the efficacies of like the the uh, Chinese produced COVID vaccine versus the U.S. because that that also has been a big factor in why um, why there were there were higher caseloads um, reported in China, according to like some sources within like NPR, um, as well as the more restrictive. Um, 
zero tolerance policy that you're kind of seeing the effects now because it, it almost feels like you're now at that 2020 stage of a pandemic but for countries that are now kind of opening up that didn't really have as much uh vaccine usage as before. yeah so the yeah because the western world decided instead of a zero tolerance policy we were just going to let hundreds of thousands of people die and so we we threw people into wood chipper but now we're kind of over it uh, and so if you didn't do that, then you're just getting, you, you, you put, you kick the can down the road and I don't know if you, yeah, there, there, it's like, there's a cost, I guess, that has to get paid now is what it, it feels like. Um, and yeah, I, I, I am not going to say it was like a right approach or wrong approach on it. It's just, this, this is like a consequence of, of crazy geopolitics that is going on that just ends up affecting anime that you wouldn't really expect yeah it's the it's the butterfly wing of like somebody decides to do this end result anime is canceled Mm -hmm. anyway gracie any thoughts i think it's interesting hearing you guys sort of theorize what's going on over there when i know exactly what's going on over there because i have family (laughs) over there so yeah yeah. uh, so basically I'm gonna so I'm gonna go ahead and lay it out straight. This was um a long time coming, and essentially China had actually lost control of the virus like months earlier. Um, so one thing that was that no one knows, like unless you have people living in that country, is that in the last few months, even still during their zero COVID policy, suddenly all these medicine tents and emergency tents were getting set up around the city. And so my family relatives immediately freaked out because they told us, and the reason why they freaked out is they thought that that was a sign that China was planning to invade Taiwan because that's all the propaganda in China has been saying. Taiwan should be part of them. Taiwan are Chinese people. Taiwan should not exist on its own. Taiwan, Taiwan, Taiwan. And so they, and obviously none of the civilians actually want a war. And so uh, one of my relatives was, calling us and freaking out because he was just like there is only two reasons why you would set up emergency tents you either set it up because the pandemic and the virus has gone out of control and you no longer have room in the hospitals or you set it up because you're preparing for war but since all the news reports are claiming that they have everything under control and there's literally zero covid cases so my relative was just like then that the only other option is that china's preparing to go to war and my god i do not want china to go to war and so my families have been freaking out about it this whole time for the last few months convinced that china was going to invade taiwan well now we know the truth the truth was they had actually lost control of the virus for months now and hid that fact or and all that emergency tents that was set up was literally because the hospital was already overrun and they were treating covid patients there and of course none of the civilians knew about that fact so really this pandemic like this level of like terribleness had already started months earlier and um and specifically the world health organization even pointed out they they've publicly said you know for china to go from zero supposedly zero to like almost like 75 to 80 percent of the population with covid they're like that's not possible to happen in just two or three days. Literally, it is impossible for something like that to happen. That would either mean that it's already been spread everywhere before then for quite some time already, and and thus allowed for that exponential growth, or there are something there is something even more nefarious in the fact that they've made it happen. 
So, um, so it's just like the whole, so basically this was a long time coming and China screwed over everyone in this regard and including Japan in this case. Um, and I, I just, I can't say enough about how bad the government currently is right now in that country. They are, the people in charge are just terrible and they essentially want to be like dictator Mao's time, like with cultural revolution, and everything, which is just one of the stupidest things ever. But uh, all right, everybody start making steel in your backyards. <laughs> um, and then the other thing is, Nick, you did point this out, and that is correct, is that they refuse to use um, the vaccines and the boosters that have been developed by Pfizer and Moderna. And I think without question, the vaccines have been absolutely essential to uh, the rest of the countries. Like, finally, like, I wouldn't say being in complete control of the virus, because obviously it's not, but at the very least, dialing it down as much as possible for life to return as much as possible to normal. I don't think it'll ever return to normal in that sense. But China refuses to use those vaccines. And they insist on using their own, which has been proven clinically to be utterly useless. And so um, so basically no one is vaccinated and they had it out of control for months already. And then they decide to use the protesters as a scapegoat to open the borders. When in reality, once again, my relatives are super aware of that fact is that China's economy has been tanking. And if they- oh, they didn't release their economic uh, like status report at the end of 2022, which for a lot of folks that keep track of financial markets is like, that's incredibly sus. Yes, their economy has absolutely oh, yeah, and utterly so. tanked. And everyone knows for a fact that if they don't open the borders soon, their economy is essentially F-U-C-K-E-D. And so um, and like that's that's really the plain and simple of it. So they've been ba- and so it's like all these stacked up and they have been essentially waiting waiting for a scapegoat to appear to blame everything on and to open the borders. And lo and behold, the protesters fell right into that trap. So, um, so everything is the Chinese government's fault really at the end of the day in regards to this. And I'm not at all surprised. Well, uh, <laughs> so don't, don't, don't jump to conclusions there. Cause I did have, I do have a follow-up that is in the answer man thing as well okay. <laughs> that I wanted to bring up. Uh, and I've kind of noticed it as well in terms of like looking at Sakuga Twitter, which is in particular with the Aniplex shows, there are other factors at work here. Yes. Um, which include, cause you know, there's more than just these delays for Aniplex shows. I think we all remember the, the production snafu that resulted in the face plant of Wonder Egg Priority. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as I believe eighty six eighty six has a, got, got a delay announced a, a while ago. Um, it it did have delay. Yeah, yeah that, had, that had some issues. Too. So this is something that uh, Aniplex and you know because as you mentioned they're like a big company they have a lot of different studios uh, that they deal with, but they've really ramped up their production in the past couple of years. There's a lot of a lot of studios have announced like we're going to make this many shows. A lot of production companies are like we're making this many more shows, and they made all these announcements before the pandemic but then the pandemic happened and nobody thought hmm maybe we should pump the brakes a little bit uh and so there's despite like the the lack of manpower whatever the reason may be uh there is still just increasing demands on it uh and one of the things that popped into my that uh into the forefront of this for me at least was 
if you look at the credits for a lot of these, you can start seeing that shows are sharing producers and key animators and and people like that, as well as one thing that keeps getting brought up uh, with kind of that some people use kind of as a barometer for the health of a production is how many assistant directors are on any given episode. Mm-hmm. Because if it's more than like two, you have a problem. Um, so what, what that... would the assistant director's role be like for those who don't, who aren't in the role, like the loop? Oh, geez. That's an excellent question. That I don't really have an answer to. It uh, all sounds like, cause like director is, is probably responsible for overall direction. A lot of the shots. It's like, I, I feel like assistant director has that, like, you got to keep the gears moving any way possible. Yeah, it's like a um, it's it almost feels like the almost a, a fancier version of a production assistant where it's like you just have to get things to work. Um, yeah, like get everything from point A to point B from all directions, but you don't want too many people because then you have the case of too many cooks in the kitchen. I think Mel has mentioned that it also depends on overall just the studio and how well coordinated it is. So unfortunately, Mel's not on here, but he's the one with the most knowledge about this. And like, I think case study of Vanitas had a lot of the what is it assistant directors 80s yeah so um, i think case study of vanitas had a lot of ad's but in case study of vanitas case it's it's very well coordinated and very well planned bones is one of those studios uh one of the rare studios one of the rare animation studios who actually do a really 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 tight job of specifically who's working on what and why they're working on it and making sure that everything is under a certain time and like under a certain schedule as well as the fact that it is doable. And so, um, and I distinctly remember that because um, Skate the Infinity also got hit pretty badly uh, in regards to production during that year, uh, during that year of Wonder Egg Priority. But specifically in the Sakuga's uh, blog side, they stated that this was, unusual on Bones case because usually Bones would have a very clear idea of what they want and if anything if it wasn't for the pandemic it probably would have been fine but the pandemic threw a wrench in things and so uh so Bones case study of Vanitas did have like several ADs but it was very planned so it wasn't like things are going out of control it's just they've decided to use a number of different ones for whichever reasons that you know we simply won't know um so, so I, I just wanted to add that caveat in there really quickly. <laughs> yeah, and so the times when we got to talk with Studio Bones, like even at, at CRX, I mean, the main thing that was pushed, I think I've said before on the, this podcast, was um, they finished Mob Psycho 3 and Bungo Stray Dog Season 4 like six months before the original air date. Um, so it was like everything's done and they don't have to worry about uh, still working on a show as it is airing which i think is a a huge problem that you see time and time again within the industry well Um, it's it's really funny that you mentioned that about because i assigned this as as joke homework to both of you i don't think either of you watched it but that's okay because it doesn't matter uh episode 10 of paranoia agent where the entire plot is the fact that this anime needs to get broadcast on time and they're (laughs) literally racing to get it to the studio to the broadcast uh, station like 20 minutes before it's supposed to be on air i don't think they do it that that rough but i i feel like there's an, there's some cases that would kind of freak me out if i knew how close it got because i i know they have a similar storyline in shirobako as well yeah which is a <laughs> show like about making anime making an anime like they are working on the anime as like episode one finishes and they're like all right we got a storyboard episode seven and it's just like wait what do you mean the director hasn't finished the scripts for this this we have like 
four weeks to get this all finished and it's yeah. like oh god and and they like the, the the shortcuts they have to make if a key animation doesn't get done where it's like all right just freeze frame on this and we're gonna act over it for like 30 seconds or whatever yeah and that, that, that would freak me out if i had to work in an environment like that and that probably would be an environment where having a bunch of assistant directors would be not as effective just because you have that looming deadline that is immediately over your head saying you got to finish this you have a week or we're gonna delay this time slot and that's that's really expensive broadcast mm-hmm. television yeah well it's um, expensive and it's also this is something i think i talked with quack once and i i feel like we talked with a producer about this which is uh it's if 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 there's a if there's a production hiccup and you do get a delay it's hard to get those those slots back because you book you get your show set up for say 9 p.m on thursdays and then if you're delayed a week well too bad there's something booked for 9 p.m on thursday next season it's not yours it's somebody else's and now you have to fight to try to find how you're going to uh how you're going to move the schedule around yeah that that was a huge problem with like wonder egg in those last episode Mm -hmm. because like they delayed that forever and it was like i don't remember if it was like why they had the three months was either because it took th- it didn't take three months to finish that last episode otherwise that'd be that'd be really sad but um it was also just the problem was like yeah they didn't have that time slot to air the episode in the first place until like three months down the line because yeah. you know there's, there's a lot of money going at stake on primetime television yeah i think it's interesting though that you mentioned shirabako because that that show is almost 10 years old now it aired in october of 2014 uh, so it's a nine-year-old show, and uh, and then Paranoia Agent aired in two thousand and four. So it's these are not new issues. Yeah, it, it is really weird where you're like, this isn't, this is still an issue at some of these production companies. Are you kidding me? Like, I, it, like, hasn't it, it, it only been uh, even more of an issue? I I do want to say uh, I do want to say James, I agree with what you're saying that there's more than just blame Chinese government. I'm specifically talking about COVID. That's Chinese government's fault. Oh, yeah. So. yeah, that 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 broke one of the cogs for sure. But it should never be at that spot where you have that one exactly. Point, you know? Exactly. It's like, it seems that like management would have been able to have different stuff going in. Yeah. Um, and this isn't the first time that Aniplex has been called out by the Sakuga people. I think like you know the Sakuga people are pretty insistent that this is a industry wide broken system that needs to somehow oh, get fixed is. and hopefully implemented in ways that Bones or Kyoto Animation, those are definitely the top two studios who have really managed and held strong to their ethics in regards to how they create the anime. But I think it's also telling when these Sakuga people who always stress that it's an industry-wide issue are bold enough to say, but if there's an actual villain, it's Aniplex. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's different. Well, it helps that that Aniplex is one of the largest production companies. And so it's easy to be like this big one. They're the reason. Um, but yeah, there's also uh, completely unrelated to, I'll say chronic industry issues and more recent acute COVID issues. Mm. There was something that got brought up, uh, which is this tweet is still very recent, but um, one of the, the Saikano director mentioned, uh, this is a tweet that's only, Ooh, gosh, like a week old. Uh, which is basically like, hey, I asked them, can you please stop having as many shows scheduled to start in that. January? And I saw that. Because February happens and everybody takes time off for Chinese New Year. Uh, so regardless of the state of health or anything like that, it is true that like once a year, everything grinds to a halt for a week. And that's not like, that's not like 
it was a surprise. It's not like, oops, the moon, the moon turned red that we couldn't foresee. This, the moon this, this happens red. every year. Like, yeah, it happens or, every year, which is the interesting thing because it happens every year. And yet things continue like winter seasons continue to be full of shows. Um, I know we usually, you know, we comment here on the podcast and in the the hallowed halls of anime trending um, about, you know, when there's a strong season or when there's a weak season. We usually gauge that by how many shows Gracie happens to be watching. Uh, Wait, really? But, I was not know, aware of <laughs> I, I, I'm maybe he does but... I don't I don't think I do <laughs> I don't <laughs> I just based on how many I'm watching I'm watching like two two to three like that I'm act- actively following so that's, I'm like, yeah. I don't that's think a I'm a good I'm, I'm a good um, litmus test for this guy so. <laughs> I'm joking uh, no but you know we, we all have we all you know this season is strong this season is weak and a lot of winter seasons I guess people want to start you know, the year with a bang, but when your production suddenly stops being able to, uh, you know, happen because all your in-betweeners are taking a very well-deserved and justified um, chunk of time off, which you knew was happening. This is like scheduling an event when everybody has already filed their time off. And so it's like, hey, why did nobody show up? Oh, because we all went home, which you knew about already. Why did you let this continue to happen? Yeah, and that, that that's management problem at that point. It's like it's yeah. not it's not the workers' problem for that. That's yeah. <laughs> um, and that's the other thing is like even like the time of year, it's it's just the holiday. It's not like this is Hollywood production where they decide to offload basically the worst movies of the year in January just because that way they, it's the one time that they can call this the best movie of the year. <laughs> <laughs> um, because there, there's whatever that term is, the FU, it's January, uh, which is why there's just there's just no good movies. Oh, yeah, the Red Letter Media one. I love that video. I mean, just real life, too. I mean, like, bro, the the, the, the new M. Night Shyamalan movie is comes out in, like, a day. Like, if it was good, it would have not come out in February. That's, like, barely an improvement. Uh, so, I'd probably watch it. I'll probably get angry about it, but... I, at this point, I I don't know why I go to these movies. <laughs> <laughs> I I I want to watch movies, but it's it's been it's been harder and harder for me to find ones that I'm actually interested in seeing. Well, do we? I feel like I've exhausted most of my talking points. Like we have a couple other delays that have been talked about, um, but those are the big ones. I mostly want to talk about this answer man um column because it happened to i was doing my research and this kind of just fell into my lap of like hey this answers all the questions that you had this does answer a lot of questions yeah shout out to kim morrissey this this is a great article um and i'm just like yep it really helps um i guess kind of put a why on it because i guess i guess seeing the contrast between this round versus the initial reddit thread of the 2020 shows that got delayed kind of shows like it, it it does in my mind kind of give you an argument that like this this kind of is a management issue as opposed to like this affects every single aspect of the industry kind of issue um but then but you get what i'm saying right like how it's like for the 2020 delays it's like that this was affecting like pretty much every everybody studio, every, yeah. every supply chain that you can think of so it was like studios that normally wouldn't outsource things to like china would were also affected by this as well but it's like it, it was just rough rough all, all around um yeah absolutely 
Yep, it's uh it's crazy stuff. But um I, I guess the one thing to keep in mind is that like from what what Clock has mentioned before in the past is like anime production schedules are pretty tough, as in like they're kind of decided multiple years in advance. Oh yeah. Well they are now they are now because it's become so popular internationally. And I like literally like as in a international cultural phenomenon sort of way. So um I do know for a fact <laughs> when you look at history historically that was not the case in the past. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, it just kind of gives you like a sense of um fragility if that makes sense like like one one event could spark like kind of like a cascading amount of failures um back and forth because even even that article does mention the example with using near automatis staffing with 8686 delays um so it, it it does make an argument that like the production issues that were in 8686 that had nothing to do with covid in that case uh, like nothing with the, i mean the current covid um issues that were going on in china right now um that like delays that happened there months ago could be affecting the schedule now which again is just something that like kind of throws everything off schedule that leads to this because keep in mind like Nier only had six episodes out before this delay like that that is half of the entire season that is now indefinitely delayed and that's a ton of work that has just been kind of put oh, into yeah. a big question mark yeah absolutely and also like in terms of hype it's so that 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 delay like that just kills all of it it's like well oh yeah absolutely i think it, all the engagement all the money aspect it's just really rough yeah um, and it's hard to pick up afterwards because I don't know about y'all, but I'm really, if I set a show down, it's very, it's, it can get very difficult for me to pick it back up again, unless I'm particularly dedicated. So if, you know, my weekly show stops being my weekly show and I have to move on to something else for another like three to six months, I, there's a very real chance I won't finish it. Yeah. Especially, and then it, it, it also affects all the other aspects that would keep you back into the show, like, like the quality of it, um, as well as any of the other design creative decisions that you just can't get because the schedule is so strained. So I, I, I am a little worried for a lot of these shows coming back uh, if and when they do. And like, just is it going to be overall quality that people expect? Or is it is it kind of just now we got to just toss it out with whatever we have and just so they can move on to other um, ventures that are going to look like they're going to make money because it's kind of like a bust right now. Yeah. All right. Uh, Gracie, any closing thoughts? Uh, no, not really. I, I was, I'm still amazed that none of the delayed anime hit my watch list. So I'm still stuck with <laughs> 25 anime. <laughs> Sadly. <laughs> but oh um, at, I think the only one of the ones that have been delayed that does make me sad, even though I'm not watching it is Kubo um, won't let me be invisible. I've heard really great things about that. Like, I heard the um, I heard the production for Kubo actually does look quite amazing for a cute rom com with like a quirky, uh, protagonist, quirky uh female lead as well. So I out of all the ones mentioned, that's probably the one that I find most unfortunate in that sense. At least the screenshots have been very beautiful for uh Kubo, but yeah, I, I'm I most importantly, I still get to enjoy my favorites. So <laughs> there we go. 
And uh, you should all, listeners, vote for your favorites uh, for the top anime polls. Uh, we do them every week. We try to, whenever we remember to record, we do a chart check. Um, and while you are out doing your voting, why not leave us a comment or drop us a like on either our Twitter account, which is um, AnyTrendsPod, uh, or give us a review on like Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, any of y'all want to do some plugs for yourselves? Yeah, if, if one viewer just gives me a comment saying they really want me to break down all 74 episodes of Monster, I will do that. <laughs> I just need someone to give me that validating push uh, to do that. Or if there's another show that you want me to like, actually kind of be like, this is what this is an off week, so I want to just break this down. Similar to like what um, Agnes and I did for Gundam Witch for Mercury. Those, that was a ton of fun, and I'd like to explore that in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And in the meantime, you can also follow me at Nico the Neko on Twitter. Um, I think that's it. All right. Uh, Gracie, you want to plug Girl Talking? Yeah, sure. So once again, I also have a podcast with the girls of anime trending called Girl Taku. You can follow us at GirlTaku underscore AT. Also, I might start a side account or something somewhere about my girl Taku Animal Crossing Island, which, you know, um, I've been... <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> Tune in to Girl Taku to learn more about the Animal Crossing I've Island. I've made stories and backstories for all my characters, and Agnes exists as a cute black and white pig on the island because I insisted that she does, and she's always talking about eating, and she's eyeing chatter as we speak, so... <laughs> <laughs> this is oh uh, this is some premium content right there. Like this is like yeah, giving it away Patreon for free. Yeah, put that behind stories. a Patreon gate. Charge money. <laughs> Give us a dollar. We'll, we'll tell I, you maybe I should. Stories. I'll I'll ask. You know, you uh, the listeners can let me know. Slash, I'll ask the Girl Taku fans and be like, would you guys like Animal Crossing Girl Taku content? <laughs> Un- unhinged stream of consciousness, please, for one uh, Like, there I wish that there is a character named, or actually, Isabel is there, but she's not, like, a villager, so that's no fun. If there was a villager named Isabel that I could, like, get, like, those would, the girl Taku would be complete, but Isabel is, there like, go. there, just, you know, NPC and not villager. It's sad, but anyway. <laughs> Yeah, so thanks so much for listening, everybody. Uh, Vote for stuff. Give us a like. Read the Answer Man article that I have in the podcast description. Uh, If you want us to talk about anything in particular, uh, talk to us on our socials because, you know, we don't have a rigid schedule. So, you know, we'll we'll watch shows if you think they're good. Uh, We'll talk about shows if you think they're good or want us to talk about them. We're flexible. Uh, Interact with us, please. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. I was trying to end it, and I decided that desperation was the, the <laughs> correct way to end that. Cry, cry for help ending. Let's yeah. go. Uh, we'll see um, you all next time, everybody. Stay safe. Thank you. Bye. Bye.